listening to the Yoga for Balance podcast. I'm your host, Heather Jurdy. Thank you so much for being here. Let's start out this week's episode by taking a nice deep breath. Inhale, fill your lungs all the way to the top and the sides. Open mouth, exhale, sigh and let it out. All right. Smile and notice how you already feel more relaxed. In this week's episode, I'm speaking with a mentor of mine, San Diego-based yoga teacher, Rex Vienna. Rex and I talk about that spark that transforms your personal yoga practice into a teaching one, plus the continual shift you'll keep experiencing. We ask the question, are you ever ready to teach yoga? And how to overcome that fear of not being good enough to teach. And yet how to have humility in your teaching and to stay humble. How mimicry may be the best way to start your yoga teaching path. And what to focus on when finding your voice as a teacher. We discuss yin yoga and how you may already be practicing it in your yoga flow, whether or not you're actually practicing a yin class, and the subtle things that will show up when you begin to slow down. We touch on the topic of being in partnership with another yoga teacher, how Rex, his fiance is also a yoga teacher, what the day-to-day can look like with for them and what it's like to have your partner being in a similar position. Finally, we touch on yoga to overcome severe challenges in life such as alcoholism or an eating disorder and how as a teacher you may be able to serve those communities. And then finally, why it's okay to not have a quick fix, to not have the one answer to the question of finding balance. I really enjoyed this conversation and I hope that you do too. A big thanks to everyone who has subscribed so far and who's taken the time to leave a star rating and review for the Yoga for Balance podcast. Your support is genuinely appreciated. Enjoy this week's episode. Hi, this week on the Yoga for Balance podcast, I'm here with Rex Vienna of San Diego, California. Welcome, Rex. Hello, hello. I'm so happy to have you on the show. Rex has been a teacher of mine for years. He is the one that brought me to the climbing gym um, that I now teach in. It was your class. I think it was a 9 p.m. class, which I was just reading about on your blog, this amazing yin yang meditation class and i'm just so thankful that that class brought me to you brought me to that space and i'm humbled and so thankful you're here i'm thankful to be here as well and and thinking back to that class that that was the first class i ever taught and had for my own and so that that class really has like a really a special place in my heart and uh yeah I, i think about the regulars that would come in you juan angel you know and and they're teachers now you know and Juan's about to be a teacher now so it's so cool to see it come full circle like that yeah I think it seems to start there and we were you know chatting about that a little earlier about this transformation and journey from just being a student rolling out your mat showing up to class starting to see things transform for yourself and then that spark happening and it turning from 
it being a personal practice to potentially a passion-filled career and yeah. what you do every day. So I'd love you to just kind of talk about that for you, how that happened for you. Yeah, I, I started practicing yoga five, six years ago, maybe now. And the first class I ever took was a Jen Richardson class at Spirit Yoga and uh, ended up being my home studio for today I still consider it my home studio and and uh I never looked back there was something about it that when I went in I was ready for (laughs) and uh something missing in my life that um sparked out of me in that class that uh um I didn't decide I didn't say like after this class I'm gonna go back tomorrow the next day I woke up and I'm like I'm gonna go practice yoga the next day I said, you know, I'm going to practice some more yoga. And some days after a class, I'm going to practice again the next class. And, and it just kept rolling until until someone said I should become a teacher. So that's kind of it's kind of how that happened. And, uh, and so the transformation from being a, a practitioner to a teacher, e- even now, as many classes I've taught, I still feel like it's changing. And there hasn't been like a stop of like the shift yeah like i think the last time i talked to a good friend john oldrow i told him like i'm not even sure he said he said like i don't even know if we're teaching yoga and i said i don't know if i'm even ready to teach yoga and we were discussing a teacher training you know like doing a teacher training together and uh and uh yeah i think it, it it just keeps evolving and even in the way he said it in, in that time um you know even him he's been teaching for like 15 years and I think that as you teach yoga it just continues to evolve and change and like I think one of the trappings and the struggles that maybe we enjoy almost masochistically is like this feeling of like are we good enough is it is it good enough are we rising are we ascending and it it, it only takes like a magical moment in a class or or a connection that's really deep and and felt heartfelt in someone's eyes after a class or during a class it's like oh shit yeah it's changed it changed again and then you know but i think that's like the answer to that it, it always consistently changes and i would say i'm like the same person i was before i practiced and taught yoga it's that my purpose is different it feels different <laughs> and it all it always changes that way so going back to that that thought of am i good enough to teach even now in this moment and i i as a student of yours can they attest to the fact that you definitely are an amazing yoga teacher <laughs> i love your classes i love your style that's why i wanted you here on the podcast but you know, for anyone listening that is either a new teacher or a current teacher, an experienced teacher, or thinking of becoming a teacher that has that same voice, I'm not good enough, I don't know enough, I'll never know as much as the teacher that I love and practice with or that I've admired, what would you say to them? I would say me too. <laughs> I would say me too. I would say that I'm I'm with you in that space and and that it's always changing and, and you meet it. You, you, there's a point in, in your teaching where like, oh shit, I got it. And that is to be relished and to be to be experienced and it has its place. 
and then you go back into like the questioning yourself and second guessing yourself and I think that um you know today's today's age we were we're it seems very easy to be like oh don't listen to that voice don't 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 give in I think I agree with don't give in to the voice of like don't give up but there's something there I think that you know allows you to be it's a natural humility it's a that's it's really the the mark of a good teacher to be able to kind of reflect on your classes or reflect on the way that you're approaching people and and in all aspects of your life and and whether it's like teaching yoga or like with your mom like you pull from the, the most visceral places of your life to inspire you as a teacher and and if it's not affecting you then your life maybe it's not visceral visceral enough you know maybe you're not going through like as much adversity as as you should be going through or or you're allowing yourself to and you're sitting in a comfortable place and the last thing i want to tell my students is is that teaching yoga is going to be comfortable i mean it's going to be comfortable at times and there's going to be weeks where you're cruising and every class feels like the best class but then there's going to be classes where like what is going on (laughs) and it's not it might it might just it might be awesome it might be like it might be received as awesome but inside you're like you almost get obsessive which is which is good and it's important too that's like a that's like that's another mark of a good teacher who's like who can get to the point where like they're obsessive and they're like really self-critical but you know you don't give in you listen to that what is it telling you and it's not always like yeah I, i need to make that cue perfect or I need to be more authentic. It, it It's really just, uh, you know, just having the feeling of humility and doubt is healthy. Stress can be really healthy because it's just another mirror, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and if that voice is there, it's something. It's a signal. And I think that was it for me. I kept thinking about this yoga teacher training, seeing yoga teachers and being, you know, sort of jealous or wanting to be where they were at or I don't, I don't know. So that finally that voice came through clear enough and maybe it takes that one spark of someone saying something in your class and then the timing is just right and yeah. things are falling Whoa. into place. Yeah. And sometimes it happens and you're still feeling like shit. Like it's perfect. It's awesome. It's like vibrant and you're like, you know, your jokes are on time and your adjustments are perfect. But then like afterwards, you're like, what was that class? It happened to me the other day. Happened to me the other day. I would teach you and and Danielle Kent came into class and I was like thinking in my head, all right, I cannot go past. I cannot. I have to be on time. And that's all I could think about. It's all I could think about. And I was like so worried about the being on time because. It's something we've been trying to work on because I get all crazy. I get all, I get put too much stuff in my classes where like, you know, I get inspired and I'll add, like, maybe we have time for just like one more malasana, you know, just one little, just one little twist in a malasana, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll blow the fuck up. And then like on two minutes over, I'm like, fuck, fuck those two minutes in malasana, you know? So, so I'm thinking about that. And then she takes my class and I'm like, fuck, I blew it, dude. Like I, 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 there was, there was like certain cues where I felt like, oh no, dude, like that wasn't like what I meant to say. And like, that's not and what what was I talking about? Like I I went through some spiritual rant that had like, had no relevance, and and then Danielle came out of my class, and she's like, Rex, that was the best class I've ever taken from you. I was like, No, it's <laughs> happening again. Like because like and and what's crazy about the dichotomy is like I'm still dissatisfied. <laughs> like she said, it was the best class she's ever taken from me, 
and I'm dissatisfied because I, I, my expectations weren't what they thought they were going to be in that instant. So what is that telling me? Like, what is that, you know, like there's, there's a, there's a subtle lesson there where, uh, I, you know, I'm still figuring it out, you know, I'm still, I'm still, you know, even in the perfection that is my class, I'm still figuring it out in some deep psychological philosophical way that is slightly out of my grasp that my experience is telling me I need to focus on. It's like that to me is the heart of yoga. To me, that is like, to me, that's like, that's real yoga right there. That's, you know, yeah. Yeah. You're learning. I mean, so much along the way yourself as a teacher from the students. I completely agree. I had a student that I thought today in my class was not liking the vinyasa flow aspect. And he was the one that came after the class saying, oh my God, I loved that. I just moved into this meditative state. And he was the one I thought didn't love that. So you never, what you assume Uh, in your head is the story. (laughs) Yeah. We're proven wrong, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. But it's being receptive and open to that, and doing our best, you know, checking ourselves that you know, not being ashamed of yourself for being harsh on yourself in that class, and even after the fact, still being hard on yourself. Yeah. Like, okay, you know, <laughs> now you're able to observe. Now okay. you're able to see and sit with it. And yeah. I'd love you to talk a little bit about your style because I do think it's really unique and I was really affected and touched by your classes, which is what kept bringing me back, bringing me back. So what has led you, you know, to find your voice and your style as a teacher and how would you kind of describe that? Uh, man, that's that's hard. That's a, that's a loaded question. And I guess I'll start with like a lot of my inspirations that I started copying really because that's really what it was, you know, like in the beginning of teaching yoga, like, and really know what my voice was. I didn't really understand it. And maybe maybe a lot of people do in the beginning, but I definitely didn't. And, you know, I was copying, like, the cadence of, like, Steve Hubbard, which is, like, one of my all-time favorite teachers, and who's still, like, I still watch his videos. And, like, I'm still, like, <laughs> fucking downward-facing dog. <laughs> like, I can't. Like, I, I like, you know, like, and then there was Not something. <laughs> yeah, and I'm a Steve, man. Like, in uh, his cadence and his charisma and... Um, you know, just, just the way he was with students. I think, I think copying a certain style of a teacher can be healthy to a point. I think that when you're trying, excuse me, a little burpee, when you're trying to, to copy someone, I think subconsciously you're also trying to copy everything that's good that you see in that person, not just in like the sound of it, but like the way they are like their their aura their presence and like the way they treat people like the way that Steve Hubbard treated people from my vantage point just felt like so I don't know honest and pure and I wanted to reflect that and and the way I was trying to reflect it was yeah his cadence is his delivery but that's not really exactly what I wanted like I really just wanted to be humble and honest and 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 natural with people and uh, and and through copying him, I realized like, okay, it's not really suiting me to say it like him. But I think you know, it's I'm, it's giving me more clues to like what I really want. You know, what I want to 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 express. And and um, so that's how I kind of started. So Steve Hubbard, and then I I tried to add like a little bit more like of a flowery gesture and flowery like and uh, verbiage like Kelly Martin would. And and then I would think about like. The, the spiritual kind of 
delivery and like like the overall like all encompassing um uh uh, picture that Jen Richardson would always create in her classes and 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 this sense of community and um and so yeah those are just a few names that that come off of my head and um John Oldrow is definitely someone who who I admire and 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 I still think about day to day in my teaching because there's, there's something I mean I didn't take that many of John Oldrow's classes but I spent a lot of time with him he's a dear friend and just the way that he thinks about things and the way he feels about himself the way he thinks about the yoga community I, I share a lot of that and it's something that like I feel he's honestly trying to express in his in his yoga way in his yoga teaching and um in an unabashed like unapologetic way it's kind of like you know I don't want to speak for John but like a lot of times when I go to his classes I feel like it's a big middle finger to the yoga community in like this most beautiful artistic way of like yes dude yes someone's doing some fucking crazy shit and like that's that that he's taking like I feel almost like a lot of risk in a lot of things that he's doing but at the same time like you know it, it it's for a, a a really beautiful intention and so um so my style god like you know when I think about my style if I could like put into words like it's a combination of so many different teachers like Joe Barnett again another like profound teacher that I've studied under and and I I, I can't even his cadence is like very like I, I find myself I catch myself speaking like him when I'm teaching yin you know like hit there's like um there's like there's these pregnant pauses in between his words that are just perfectly placed and and it, it doesn't feel rushed and and then there's some there's something about it that is um calming and reminding that this is bigger than what pose this is there's some there's something that implies in his cadence and his delivery and his the tone of his voice that tells me that we're not just crafting a pose here we're crafting like I don't know. I don't know. It's out there, but we're all going toward it together. Yeah, that. So I don't know. That I guess like if I were to think about like my style, you know, my cadence is definitely slower. Um, you could argue a lot of people would take my class and say like that's not really a vinyasa class. It it might be more of a hot to pacing. Um. I like to hold poses for longer. I like to take time to like really feel poses. I don't like to jump from one pose to the other for the sake of warming up to a peak pose all the time because if one pose isn't amazingly awesome enough, like the peak pose is, it, you know, it might be a fireworks bang, but like you lost all the experience in all the other poses. So why not take time and breathe in those poses? And that's just, that's my style. That's no, no rules or anything. I'm sure I'll enjoy a lot of classes at a faster pace or people that go quick and i'm sure there's an art to that but that's just the way that i've decided to express the yoga because that's kind of how i like to digest things like mm, there's the trap and there's the elbow and let me just wait don't not yet don't say exhale yet please don't do it and i know trigonosis is coming but fucking this extended side angle right now 
I just need to like let me move my hip and just and then all right you could say exhale that there go you know like that's kind of the self dialogue in my head so that's how I kind of like to teach and that comes through your classes I love that it's such a self exploratory practice and it provides so much space for each student in the room to really I still catch myself thinking of you or I'll mention you in my class I'm like this is the spaceman you guys might know from Rex's class so like you said finding those bits and pieces of the classes if you're you know someone listening working on crafting your your voice your style I think initially it is a little mimicry you know it is the things you love about the teachers who have influenced you but then you find what sticks what doesn't and find how to put your own spin, your own personality to it, because it's not going to feel authentic and genuine for you if yeah. that's all you're doing is the mimicking. Eventually, that's going to fade off. And, yeah, it naturally and does. It takes time. It's it every class you show up. You know, if you're teaching once a week, it might take a little longer than if you're teaching once a day or three times a day mm-hmm. or four times a day. Mm-hmm. I think the sooner you jump in and just get the experience and get out there, you'll start carving out that unique space around who you are as a teacher. Yeah. I agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And maybe that's like, maybe that's even like, you know, mimicry and like copying in the beginning. Maybe that's even like a topic that could be expanded upon on a teacher training, you know, like maybe like mimicry and copying is like something that should be like heralded at least at some point in some, because it does serve a certain purpose and function, you know, like, yeah, it's their voice and cadence, but like, what are you after? Like dig deeper. Like, what is that behind? Like, you want the love from Steve Hubbard. You want the love that he gives to his students, you know? Like, it's, yeah, it's the cadence and the, the charisma, but, like, what else, dude? Like, go deeper in the yoga, you know? Like, yeah, maybe that's a workshop of sorts. I don't know. Yeah. That's beautiful. Let's talk about yin a little bit. I haven't yeah. talked about yin at all on this program. So for people that maybe are more familiar with, you know, they've taken one or two yoga classes in a gym or at their studio or in Namastiv's class and all they've been exposed to is this vinyasa flow style. It's fast, yeah. it's upbeat, and they think that's yoga. That's the kind right. of yoga they need to be practicing. What would you say to someone who hasn't maybe taken a yin or restorative and what do you think is so beneficial of including that kind of practice as well? Yeah, yin, there's so many layers to yin that we could go into, but I guess on, on the very surface, like right away, it targets the connected tissue in the fascia and what Gil Headley calls the fuzz or used to call the fuzz. And uh, um, it's a slower, it's definitely, is, I mean, it's not just slow, it's still. You know, you go into a pose and, and you're trying your best to be still. And right there and then, like, the, to be still in something like a lizard lunge, uh, there's, a, there's a meditative aspect to that. I, I don't want to say that yin is different from from what we're practicing in vinyasa because in vinyasa and all those poses and all those those paces they're they're built in actual yin in there like the, the essence of yin still exists it's actually like it's more interweaved like a dna than it is like separate strands or like parallel lines of freeway you know it it it's a uh, it's like when you're in a warrior two and you're coming from a vinyasa flow and and you know you, there's a moment where you exhale and and there's a depth there's a the, the quadriceps strong and the hip the shoulders are over the hips and then there is like a there's a subtle stillness there there's a pause that that 
that right there is you know that's yin right there that's like there's a subtle you can tap into really your awareness of all the subtle movements in in your biology and in your nervous system and 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 the sweat and there might be like some kind of you know you might be sensitive some kind of transformative moment and like um a yin based class is really all that it's like that magnified that moment for like 60 minutes rather than like you know when you're practicing a vinyasa class you know you, you're it's really distracting to go inhale left arm toward the sky exhale warrior warrior 2 and there's just all this movement but there are there are bits there's there are opportunities there so it is it's all interweaved and in yin in a yin class there's vinyasa there's there's yang going on too like you're going to move and there's going to be moments where like you you might even sweat and and uh and there might be even like a, a inadvertent shaking perhaps and you could consider that like a yang kind of essence um but we're going like we're going more spread out like and, and we're going to like highly define you know yang and yin yang is life and yin is death and and we this weekend in our workshops me and Hannah's workshops we we kind of like briefly went over that and really kind of tried to explain like like the 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 colors and the, the the feelings and the emotions behind behind yang yoga and this brightness you know sun salutation a sun salutation b this bright like bra like flowers you know and then the the even the cadence of how you teach is different you know like we might laugh in a yin yoga class and there might but it's very intimate it's very quiet you know like i'm a lot of times like i kind of get nervous i get there's anxiety building in me and when i'm teaching yin sometimes because like man i need to fill the space with noise you know but like i have to honor that yin essence because and then 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 the vinyasa the yang is different like ah let's fucking party you know like so if well that's kind of loose loose definitions of it right i would love to give like you know a lecture by i think that's more like joe barnett my teacher's like like uh 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 mo you know and and i uh so yin if we, if we go deep in the history of yin paul grilly invented yin um, influenced by his learnings from Paul Paul Zink, Paulie Zink, it might be, yeah, Paul or Paulie Zink, and um, and it has a lot of influence from Chinese uh, medicine. Uh, there's a lot if, if you're familiar with the meridians and and the way the chi moves after and during poses and prior to poses. There's a whole study available for you. You get really deep in that subtle chi movement. And then you can go more scientific. You can think about it as like piezoelectricity running across the tissue after you release a big yin yoga pose and like that that feeling of sensation. And then you can watch that with pinprick sensitivity. And one of the experiences that could be more available in a yin yoga class is like is that pinprick sensitivity because you're watching the biology, like the miracle of your own biology at work so closely. And you, you can 
feel the fascia shift. Like sometimes you do a yin yoga pose, like you're in pigeon, and you feel like the whole this whole plane of your glute like slide and release like out of tension, and you're like, oh my god, what is that? And then, and then because you're looking at it so closely, you start to look at the other subtle bodies closely as well so not only is like the movement of the fascia so uh vivid to you but it's like how happy or sad are you really right now and that might come up and like is there like an underlying feeling of resentment to somebody or is is there like uh is there something that you're dissatisfied about your job or is there like how do you feel about your relation? All these very subtle things that you you consider yourself, right? These are all things that we know that are you. We call we we suggest that that's the astral body, another body. So you get the physical body, you get the astral body, and when we do these things in a Yin Yoga class called a rebound, where you close your eyes and you kind of watch this play out, you know, whatever comes up, and you're open to it. And it, it's a practice. Sometimes we're, we're closed for a whole class, you know, and it takes two or three classes for you to like kind of break through and like, oh, fuck my dad. Uh, you know, like, you know, like and uh, and maybe and it coincidingly, like maybe you released your low back in a way where you never released it before. And like, it, you know, it took like such a delicate awareness and sensitivity to your own self, your own body. And uh maybe it's maybe it's related maybe it's related to the meridians maybe it's related to the movement of the chi maybe something unlocked that was blocked at some chakra level and maybe i think that's the best way i can kind of describe the yin experience yeah oh you make me want to take one of your yin classes <laughs> asap i miss i want to take it i, I listen to myself i want to take yes. it i don't know if that's what it's like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So do you find is do you find it easy to make time for yoga and meditation for yourself? Very being, difficult. Yeah. Very difficult. I, I think I demo more than most yoga teachers in in the I mean when I take classes, I, a lot of times I don't see anyone demoing, but I demo a lot because like I, it's hard for me to like feel the miracle of my own biology, like teaching a lot and and like I, I gotta get in there and uh and I don't know, like some people, I know I have a lot of peers and friends that like yeah, you can't demo like and like, I don't know. I kind of like I reserve the idea to kind of like, yeah, you can because when you're in the pose, like you can like you're feeling it with them. There's some kind of like, you know, we're going to take this ride together almost like, you know, it's not just me giving you the pose. It's us like, let's go. Some people, you know, people I respect feel like there needs to be some kind of hierarchy there, but. I don't know, the more and more I just want to dissolve the hierarchy, the more and more I feel like, fuck the hierarchy. And, um, but I, you know, all respect. Yeah. It's yeah. very hard, very hard to find time. Yeah. And I think when I was a first, you know, when I first did my teacher training, I think it's a tendency to want to demo more, especially when you first start. At least I felt that way, that like I didn't feel comfortable teaching initially unless I was doing it in my body. Right. But I think, and I remember having a student in one of my early on classes saying how much he loved the fact that I was demoing and showing. So I was feeling ashamed that I was showing and demoing and doing it in my body. And meanwhile, someone in the back of the class 
told me he loved the fact that I did it. And I just had another student post, or not a student, I'm sorry, another teacher, a friend of mine who moved to another city post about this topic on Facebook that, you know, she was auditioning for a studio and they said they didn't like the fact that she didn't demo at all. And every oh. single teacher in their studio wow. demos. Yeah. So I think it's a personal, it's preference. A personal preference. And if you can sure. keep an eye on students while you're also demoing, making sure it's a safe environment, right. you sort of find that cadence of, okay, I'm going to do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Right. And even when you're demoing as much as you like, you know, I can feel great in my body if I've been demoing in a few classes in a yeah. day or a week. But there's something so juicy about allowing yourself that time, like really giving yourself that absolutely, time for a full absolutely. yoga class. Yeah, and there's nothing like a full practice. There's really not. Especially yeah. with a teacher you love that, you know, is just yeah. going to take you there. When I get to your class, I'm just, oh, my heart melts. I'm so happy. And I get to practice. Juan, my fiance, who was on the podcast last week, will come take a lot of my classes. Yeah. And it's such a different energy, him being in the room, taking my class versus when we get to take your class or someone else's class Absolutely. together next to one another you oh, know God, and have that, that experience i love when you guys come in together i mean it, it's like you know for me like when i see it just gives me like a, a, a nostalgia really and like I, I love that that's really cool and and the way you guys are together when you're in class it's, it's a beautiful thing and it's it, it's so fitting that like you know you guys are like doing the yoga thing together i love that you know, and I, I don't, I don't know why, like, I'm like so surprised by it because like, I'm not, it's like my, my, my fiance is also a yoga teacher, you know, like, but that's how powerful it is. Cause it's like, it's not, it's very rare, you know, it's rare to see like yoga practice is fucking like, you know, there's people that practice yoga and it's a, like a secret, like a love and that, that, that like, they, they still like kind of like, you know, he likes to practice, but it's not like his he rather like rock climb you know like and like that's the thing and like but i love yoga and like that there's something sacred and like really special and it's rare to find someone that loves yoga as much as you love yoga you know just such a rare thing and and it's beautiful to see every time you come in so i'm so happy that's cool yeah yeah would you want to talk a little bit about you know being both being yoga teachers having this world together today you guys taught a workshop together i think that's yeah. really awesome and for anyone yeah. out there that you know is wonder what that's like they see maybe <laughs> couples out there you know glamorous yoga teacher <laughs> life doing the workshops the retreats this that but there's a lot that goes into it so it is that work together i mean it's a constant it's a constant partnership and a constant i mean it's i'm not gonna say it's all like it's all good it's it it is good but it's a uh it's a lot of work you know it's a lot of work and for me and hannah you know we started exactly at the same time really and um and going through the yoga industry and the cutthroat business that the yoga industry can be like there were times of like jealousy and times of like, you know, like just indifference and battle and like, and like, oh man, how are we going to work? This is like, you know, this is really hard. This is really hard, you know? And, and I don't know, there's a, there's, a, I don't know when it switched or where the point where like that stopped, but, um, you know, that, that kind of ego side of, of our own ambition kind of went away and, and we started doing more things together. And I think that helps a lot. I think like, you know, something that we, we share 
we uh, we have a, a love for really profoundly in like the same visceral ways that 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 um the rare visceral ways that we came upon yoga like me being an alcoholic and her having an eating disorder like this is yoga pulled us both out of this place and so you know i think that that having this grander mission of like serving yoga god this is gonna digress into something i can't talk about but but serving yoga to these populations became more it became more important than ego and we, we anytime we start to slip into argument or slip into like some kind of disease with the way that we're teaching even even then in that day <laughs> you know like i don't like the way that you said that and like oh the car ride's gonna be long <laughs> you know like um you know we remember that like oh shit like w- there's a higher purpose to all this than this like ego right here right now like if we can push through this like who knows like how many people who've been suffering from the same things that we've been suffering from can can heal from this and so i think that's like a big big thing with us with me and hannah is that like we we share this love for yoga um and like a, a, we we've healed from yoga in a really hard like place like i, I you know i i i i I don't know if I said this before during like we we talked earlier about the transformation from te- practitioner to teacher. But before I was a practitioner, when I went to that first class, I was active alcoholic and super um yeah. And uh, <laughs> and it's crazy because like, you know, as we as I continue to practice yoga and teach yoga, like the more and more, like I realize how important that time was for me. Because I wouldn't like I'm talking about how it connects me and my life partner in such a grandiose physical like like visceral way that I don't know if I'll ever meet anyone like that as like this. Um, but I had to be an alcoholic too <laughs> for it to for for us to like you know gel in the ways and like finally like who knows if I if I didn't if I wasn't an alcoholic then uh, maybe one argument and like fuck this like <laughs> you know like. Look this, no, no, there's a higher power, dude. Like, there's more people suffering from our shit that we need to, like, we need to make this work, you know? So, yeah, that's a that's a big thing. Um, we love, we love uh, exploring the hard questions, you know? And I think maybe because, maybe because me and Hannah have, like, we've had a habit of like uh, diving real dark. And so asking those hard questions are like necessary questions for us to like, so we like have this kind of muscle or like, yo, like how critical do we really want to be? You know, how, how, if I wasn't used to that always going, you know, like um, this not self-critical, but like critical in like the really hard sensitive topics that the hard sensitive topics that a lot of people don't want to discuss um right away like you know right away like in in all it may be at a dinner table a lot of the things that we talk about on the dinner table it's like do you guys want to talk about that right now it's like yeah no it's totally okay yeah like it's like fucking talking about the weather at this point you know like how 
how sensitive of topics do we want to get? And it's like, yeah, we're, we're turning them out so we can, so we can go there again, like this, this place, this ascension, not uh, that we can bring everyone to with us, you know, that, that all the alcoholics and eating disorder people can join us, you know, and we have to have these topics come up all the time. So, um, yeah, we, we met, we met in, uh, at the grotto. And I've said this to Matt before, the owner of the grotto, but I said, like, you know, like, every time I come here, this is, like, uh, you know, this is where I found, like, the love of my life, and this is, like, uh, this is, like, church to me, you know, this is, like, uh, this is, like, homecoming every time I, I, uh, I walk in these doors, and, and, yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of how, how we met, and, uh, she took my class, I took her class, we talked shit about each other, and (laughs) one day, (laughs) One day, you know, I don't know. It was weird. Our courting courtship was uh, unconventional and strange, and I think maybe it just because we're unconventional and strange, maybe. And and uh, yeah, we continue to to support each other, and um, more and more these days, we we're trying to move as a unit versus like uh, try try like I oh anytime I do a yoga project or something like that, or I discuss a yoga project, I always have her. How is she going to be involved in this? You know, what what can she, um, you know, or rather like, rather what can, what can this like, like add to what, what our partnership is trying to send to, right? Like, you know, like, because if it doesn't reflect like the ultimate goal of like, for us right now, the ultimate goal is like spreading this to the, the, the least fortunate of us in the in the in the alcohol eating disorder kind of uh communities and they're not communities they're all scattered like alone trying to figure out for themselves how can we how is this project going to feed that and and if if they're not receptive is it going to be worth and i'm sure it will it's some in in almost every project can be you know but like that's kind of what i think about and um and in thinking that way, like, I think that feeds our relationship. Like, oh, dude, like, baby, like, you know, what if we did this Twitch thing for this studio, you know, and, like, we promoted it for alcohol and eating disorder yoga for for all, you know, like, some kind of like that. And that kind of feeds our relationship as well. Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah. Remembering the why. And yeah. And the how, the how it helped you and bringing it back to that. And if I can help one person that was in the position I was in, five years ago, 10 years ago, two days ago, and share something, a nugget of information. That's a big inspiration why I wanted to do this podcast, to share amazing stories like yours and real, authentic, genuine, just histories of people and where they're at today. And one of my favorite wisdom books is The Four Agreements. And one of the four agreements is do your best. So always showing up to do your best. And I think that partnership, it's going to be one of the hardest partnerships, mm-hmm. you know, your partner, your life partner, that's going to be one of the most difficult relationships you ever have. <laughs> and they were just talking about that, especially if you're on this journey together and you know where she's at and you're kind of going through similar things in your own transformation as a yoga teacher and maybe having a good day, maybe having a bad day, but always knowing, hey, we have each other's back and bringing it back and doing your best and checking each other and remembering, okay, this is what it's about. It's 
you know absolutely absolutely i mean i think that you guys are going to share a lot of this experience but when when your significant other is also a yoga teacher it's like really refreshing to come in and like you know whatever like ailed you that day they'll gonna know like instantly there's no explanation that needs to be had you know like whether it's like a student that was suffering from this or that and then they're like they don't even have to speak really they know and you you could see it in their eyes like ah they you know and that there's something priceless about that you know like if i had to explain like oh dude like my student fucking her mom died in the fucking like uh Ah, uh, God, it would be exhausting because we go through that every day, you know. Like we're part council, we're part DJ, we're part all this, you know. Like, huh. yeah. So yeah, <laughs> it's good. And what would you say if you know this is something you're exploring on your own, how to reach those communities? So yeah, I mean, how would you recommend going about that if that's something you're passionate about as a yoga student or a teacher and wanting to? you know impact those communities that really could benefit so much from yoga yeah you know that's that's a question that i'm still trying to figure out myself you know i for me god i i ran into a really like fortunate situation where i was able to take yoga for free i mean not for free i don't want to call it free but work for trade and and not everyone has i mean some of these classes 20 22 dollars a class you know and for someone who's really like self-defeated, someone sees that price and and um, is really like, you know, they, they look at that sign and, and look away, you know, and they continue their they continue their walk toward the bar, you know, or to, to continue their own self-destructive path. And and, you know, I'm trying to figure out that out every day. You know, I, I um Yeah, I, I, I hope to interview someone that's going to that's gonna give me the answer. But uh, there's a lot of stuff in, in the in the works right now for me and Hannah uh, that we're aggressively pursuing. And, and I hope like I hope the next time we talk about this on this podcast that uh, I could be I could talk more freely about it. But uh, we'll just say that um, uh, this is our ultimate goal, I think, for right now. You know, me and Hannah. um we're aggressively trying to meet the need and to give give this and serve serve that community and uh i think we've come up with really creative ways to do so and uh and yeah maybe in a month's time if we hop back onto this podcast we can we can laugh about this one so yeah (laughs) great awesome well i can't wait to talk next time and to reveal Mm -hmm. so stay tuned cliffhanger <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much. You really, you know, put a piece of your heart out here. And I hope everyone listening knows how amazing and special Rex is. I'm so grateful to have you here on the other side, the other mic. Ah, so thank you so much. It's oh, been really amazing. So <laughs> grateful, so grateful. And uh, yeah, I'm so proud of you. And uh, from those days uh, when you used to take class with me and, and uh, you know, I don't know. I'm very grateful. This is really cool. Thank you. Well, just a couple last questions. I feel like we've dove deep in this conversation. We'll definitely return and talk some more. Uh, But yeah, for you, how do you find balance? And, you know, in honor of the podcast, Yoga for Balance, what does balance look like to you? I feel like balance a lot of times will come to you if you surrender 
and that sounds ah that sounds so unpragmatic but in the way where like balance is is kind of this force that we're not really in control of because it's always going to happen right like it'll always balance is coming always but there's something that you might be holding on to or or uh not allowing that if you let go of that or or if you hang on to something maybe balance is just gonna come right in you know you kind of open the floodgate that balance surrounds us you know the equanimity of nature is always trying to self-impose itself on you and uh whatever you're holding on to maybe you know i feel imbalanced in my practice you know i wish i could practice more maybe really what it is is i need to stop playing video games and let go of video games you know it could be it could be something like that you know like um and that's very like superficial but maybe for some of us it it can be deeper and deeper and deeper in this surrender to balance yeah i like that surrender yeah cool well last thing is there anything one tip you could tell people listening to do today do tomorrow just start so that they can surrender find that balance Mm -hmm. is there something an actual practice that i know you incorporate a lot of breath work meditation Mm -hmm. clearly promote yoga but is there one thing maybe someone hasn't tried that's listening that could just make a big shift for them Mm. or a little shift off the top of my head i would say wim hof but that's because i'm a fan and that's like i really love the 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 after experience of practicing deep crazy breathing Wim Hof breathing and um you know maybe that's something that people can can go look up and and hang on to but really like that's a question that I'm looking forward to I'm waiting for someone to be like yo this is the one thing but the more and more like I I seek that one thing the more and more I find that like that is really not gonna come and maybe for good maybe that's a good thing that not one thing comes yeah (laughs) um i would suggest to someone looking for that one piece of advice that know that there that one piece of advice is really not going to come that that like we started this conversation it's always constantly evolving like the reason why i practice yoga yesterday is going to be completely different of why practice yoga tomorrow you know it might be a physical thing it might be emotional thing it might be a spiritual thing the reason why I teach yoga changes and it's, it's a, I don't want to call it messy, but it's dynamic. It's a, it's a life of its own. And like to surrender to that is maybe also in line with the question of balance. You know, it's like, oh, like whatever that is, it's speaking to you. Go with that.
of that. Okay. I think one of my directors in Ecuador, I did my 300-hour training outside of Quito, Ecuador, at a school called Burgess Tiger School. I'm actually going to be speaking of the uh, huh. founder of that school soon. She's amazing. Whoa. She incorporates a lot of arts and music and shamanism and cosmovision and all these amazing aspects. And one of my favorite mentors in that program was a musician, um, the husband of our shaman, Tati, who we worked with, and he did a workshop on music. And, you know, with yoga, there's a lot of sound healing. And I love music. Like you said, yeah. you're a part-time DJ. One of my yeah. favorite things <laughs> yeah, like, is doing my music uh, research yeah. and just listening and hearing a new song and just knowing that is going to my next playlist. I need mm. to create a new playlist right now yeah. around that oh. song. And I had him teaching a workshop about music. And in that workshop, he had made a comment about, you know, making music for the fact of how it makes him feel. Like he makes music because he loves the way making music sounds. And it just made, it was a, such a subtle shift to me because I had always been so intimidated to start my own journey. And I have a ukulele hanging on the wall here of playing music, but I was always so in my head about, well, what what will it sound like? Who's going to care to hear it? Or what will I do with it? Well, what does it matter what you do with it? That was a really big aha moment for me of just doing it for the fact of doing and yeah. for how it makes you feel. So if you're, you know, maybe being called to teach yoga and it's just because you want to teach yoga, you want to live that yoga and you yeah. love it so much that you know how deeply and profoundly it's impacted you maybe you can be that voice for someone it's else and don't overthink of it mm-hmm. yeah well Easily. rex thank you so much for being here uh thank you so much for everything you do you've been such an amazing mentor to me an amazing teacher to me um so just thank you thank you for your work you're an awesome student heather you and juan and i'm so excited to continue to watch you guys blossom and i'm, I'm around you know i'm around yeah, where can people find you and tune in and, yeah, yeah. check out what you're doing. My website's danceclimbyoga.com. Um, that has my weekly schedule on there and any updates that's worth mentioning, definitely going to find them on there. Um, there are websites that are surely going to come out in the near future that uh, we're excited to, to share. Um you could find me on Instagram. I, I rarely post on there, but there's some there's some bits and pieces of me on there. Um, really, if you find me in a class and come up and talk to me, that's really the best way. That's what I appreciate the most. And and uh, yeah, that's that's it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Heather. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you at home for listening. I'm your host, Heather Jurdy, on the Yoga for Balance podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. If you haven't already, please be sure to subscribe wherever you listen and help the show grow by leaving a star rating and review while you're there. Thanks, and until next time.